We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by the Action Network and Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Joined once again by Sean Siegel uh, as we get ready for the second show of the week. If you didn't check out the first show of the week, we talked through the top five rookie prospects for the 2021 season, and we talked uh, kind of plugged one of Sean's pieces. And obviously, Sean did the first round on the website. Uh, very good a company and podcast to to listen to if you have read the piece on the website or if you haven't done either now is the perfect time but on today's show we're going to look a little bit uh, back to kind of dynasty startup strategy and and some pillars for super flex formats to, to build that juggernaut of a roster but uh looking forward to today's show if you haven't checked out the show earlier this week though i, w- I would highly recommend doing it we talked about the super bowl on uh, tuesday show we're not going to do that again we're not going to put ourselves through that pain today sean but uh, as we get ready for the true off season, no games this Sunday. Uh, what what are we looking forward to uh, for the off season? Well, now that the games are all over and it's into 2021, it's time for dynasty startups. And I don't know about you, Colin, but I think that this is perhaps the most fun time of the fantasy season. Now, if you built juggernauts through the off season, if you're into the finals of your high stakes league, your uh, league with friends for bragging rights all year. If you've got a, a best ball team that needs to stay on top, if you have a dynasty that is about to put the final uh, pieces in place for a three peat, then week sixteen, you know, may be the best week of the NFL season all year long. But I think that closely in competition 
is this time period right now where we get to start working on the dynasty teams that we have we get to start dreaming about the new leagues that we want to participate in and we're thinking about those guys that can be the foundation pieces for our next dynasty this is a week where you can make predictions all you want you can't be wrong and everything is fresh and new i think it's maybe the most fun time of the year yeah, it's always good when we can make those predictions and we can't <laughs> we can't be wrong that's always a, a positive but one thing i noticed over the last couple of days uh, anyone i'm sure you've noticed it too sean is some of those leagues uh where you'll start to get those notifications popping up that uh you know team a has put such and such a player on the trade block or this player's been activated off ir and things like that and you start to see players you know moving around maybe getting cut that you know to activate somebody onto the roster and things like that so um you, I, i've noticed over the last uh, two days and then in particular a lot of those kind of roster move notifications coming through into my inbox so it gets exciting when you can kind of plan and this is the stage of the year a bit like when it comes to the nfl draft everyone's record's the same everyone's 0-0 and you have that kind of the hope is there the hope is real that um, this is the year even if you know like you mentioned on the last show if listening to this podcast has helped get that roster kind of from a point where it was a, a struggling roster where it was a, a losing roster you know season on season and now we're into the stage where we're progressing strongly this this is the year for that roster to, to take that step forward with the rookies that we're going to be talking about with the veterans we're going to be talking about and and push it to, towards a successful 2021 season and hopefully end it all with a championship at the end so on today's show sean another piece that you hit up on the website um looking at Superflex, uh, in particular and the the startup strategy and like i mentioned on the last show uh, if you are playing in a standard one quarterback league simple process is to kind of I, I know we're still going to have quarterbacks in one quarterback leagues but if we drop those out of the the overall ratings it gives you an idea of where we're placing these other players so you can always do it um both both ways but we've talked about this over the last couple of weeks yourself sean uh and, and sam wallace as well um, and drafting the first two rounds and we're into round three now of the the dynasty super flex uh, i'll let you uh take it from here but is it a case that do you want to give a quick recap of the the process for maybe some of the listeners who haven't checked in or, or how are we starting this one off yeah well sam and i are involved in this pitch battle for dynasty supremacy in our dynasty draft off he gets a pick i get a pick we each have six teams we're trying to sort of best each other in terms of building not just the the best individual single team or make the best individual picks but we're trying to build the best teams as we go through this exercise so that readers can see that you're not just drafting say strictly off of your rankings right you have to put a team together you have to have some tactics for that because we need to have the right construction if we want to have a full team that's going to be competitive so it's been a fun exercise from that position and we went through the first round eight quarterbacks drafted again if you're just in a, a normal league you're about to do a normal startup no problem at all just take those out and basically look at uh, each round as being sort of one earlier so we're gonna look at the third round today it's a little bit more like the second round of a normal dynasty startup and the questions here, Colin, that I think get to be very interesting are what do we do with some of these older running backs, guys who are still elite, who are going in the first round of classic redraft leagues in 2021. So we have the first round. In that round, you have to get your QBs. You have to have that foundation for your super flex team. In round two, it was very much these young wide receivers, right? We talk about how we have the running back dead zone for redraft. In Dynasty, we have 
running backs also being overvalued, especially in rookie drafts, startups is a little bit different where these established young wide receivers really are the foundation pieces because they're going to allow you to have a star at that position, maybe even for a decade. You're hoping for a decade. Injuries can obviously take someone out on one individual play at any time. So we have round one, the QBs, round two, the young wide receivers. With how good the 2019 and 2020 wide receiver classes ended up being, you have a lot of depth through that round. So now we're into round three, right? Do we go back to the well at wide receiver? What do we do with Travis Kelsey, who's the most unique talent in all of fantasy? And where do players like Derrick Henry and Ezekiel Elliott start to go when we know that they could still be key players they could still play a role in winning your 2021 title but running backs after the age of 25 have not been very successful in terms of maintaining their value fantasy owners are confronted with the same question that reality teams are confronted with when you pay someone like a david johnson that comes back to haunt you quickly when you pay a todd Gurley, it comes back to haunt you when you pay a lady on bell then everybody gets fired right that's kind of the role that these veteran running backs play in reality we have to kind of make those same decisions in fantasy derrick henry is starting to get a little bit older but so hard to avoid because he was so good last season even though he doesn't catch passes and then ezekiel elliott this question right where he was not particularly good this past season but how much of that were nagging injuries to him how much of that was the lack of dak prescott before prescott was out elliott's volume his expected points per game were through the roof right so you're looking again at 2021 could be this massive bounce back season if he falls too late in your dynasty startup then you feel silly because you gave away this incredible value so those are the questions that we have as we start into round three sam had the first pick he went with deandre swift i really like that selection even if maybe the lions are less exciting now from a total point score perspective and also a passing perspective one of the reasons why swift so popular the Lions have said he's going to be used very heavily in the receiving game. You know, is that as exciting with Jerry Goff? Probably not. At the same time, Goff did pepper Todd Gurley with a lot of targets before Gurley had his collapse, right? So there's some potential there. Now, with the 302, high selected Calvin Ridley, Ridley a little bit older maybe than we would like for someone who has his number of years of experience as an NFL player. But column, the resume here is really pretty extraordinary. Uh, it's pretty extraordinary is a good way to put it in terms of what he's done. Um, you know, I have been a Calvin Ridley fan <laughs> from day one, and uh, you know, in the draft process when we got to kind of this stage, uh, entering his rookie year, and he's just like come on leaps and bounds. He's basically every time we talked about him possibly having a, a breakout or taking a step forward, he's done that or exceeded that uh, and now he has placed himself in that area as one of the top wide receivers in the entire nfl you know it's co- there's a there's definitely a conversation to be had there between himself and julio jones as to who is the and, and i'm as big a julio jones fan of his career as anybody but in terms of who is the the better wide receiver at this current point uh, on this roster uh, i think that he's he's just absolutely phenomenal one area where i'm i'm very impressed of what he does is uh the deep targets that he can catch if we look at what he had though um you know he had 64 passes that traveled more than 15 yards he did catch two uh, 32 of them but there was quite a few of those that were you know throwaways the one thing like that i noticed last year watching the falcons is there was a lot a lot of yards left on the field by matt ryan in particular on routes that 
Ridley had beaten defenders or was wide open that uh, was overthrown and you know that that kind of shows it there and he just looks uh, incredibly efficient in terms of those deep targets uh, just Matt Ryan tended to be off a little bit more than we would expect him to be over the last couple of seasons he went over 800 yards on those deep passes alone um, and his depth of target is 14.3 um, average per target and a 25% target share um, of air yards so just phenomenal stuff from him the interesting thing a lot of the time Sean we look at pass location uh, through the through the website we're looking at how these you know targets and receptions are split split by uh, position and a lot of the guys you'll see are much more efficient uh, within five yards of the line of scrimmage it's actually you know the opposite for Ridley between five to 14 yards is kind of you know light green to you know orange and it's all red with five yards apart from on the the right side but when we get to that 15 yards plus uh, right or left it doesn't really matter uh, really really uh, efficient in both of those areas so I- i'm just super impressed i know you mentioned he's a little bit older but when we look at some of the other guys going in this area um you know we're starting to get into the veteran wide receiver territory um, and i think that when we look at calvin ridley he has to he has now the next two guys to spoil it for the listeners are deandre hopkins and michael thomas so i know a lot of people would probably have them ahead of ridley but for me personally and it might be a slight bit of uh just bias that has added in from over the years but i think the figures bear it out that there's a huge amount of talent and uh calvin ridley um, and, and i'm excited for it moving forward so I, i'm quite happy to take him at that spot yeah i you can make a very convincing argument for the two superstars who follow him up there. But we look at his combination of volume and efficiency and a role in the offense here, you know, led the NFL in air yards. He was fifth in expected points, 11th in fantasy points above expectation. He had the 76 points in the fantasy playoffs, which was good for fourth overall trailing only Kamara Diggs and Devonte Adams. You know, if you can get the, a guy who just trails those players, then you're thinking, okay, well, this is a pretty good value here at the beginning of the third round. This is, I think, kind of a crazy stat for you, Carl. In the Since the turn of the century, Ridley is 10th overall in total fantasy points at the wide receiver position through his first three seasons. That's ahead of names like Des Bryant and Calvin Johnson, right? So it's not to say that he's as good as those guys or is going to be what Calvin Johnson was going forward, but he's been very, very good. Another kind of cool note, you can get out the Game Splits app and try and figure out, well, what was he like with Julio Jones? What was he like when he was out there by himself? And the answer is that he was awesome either way, right? Playing with Jones averaged 17.5 points per game. Playing without him averages 20.5 points a game. And when we're looking at that, when he was playing with Jones, and this has been the case through the first three seasons, his 16-game pace was for 12 touchdowns. Right. His ability to score when teams are focusing on Julio has been very, very consistent for being a smaller receiver. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He's a touchdown scorer. When Julio's not out there, his 16-game pace is for over 1,700 receiving yards. And so maybe the touchdowns go down a little bit because he's drawing the attention, but he's out there putting up these monster individual receiving games. Now, you know, we wouldn't necessarily expect those stats to stay consistent. You know, if the 2021 season played out the same way or if he played a full season without Julio Jones. But one of the things that this is telling us is that he's not a product of Jones he is someone who can play with him. He's someone who can play without him. I think that's encouraging when we look forward because he's probably going to be playing without Julio before he's off of your dynasty roster. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you come up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to GetRoman.com slash RotoViz now. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication's appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash RotoViz and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash RotoViz now to get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash RotoViz. Get started now to save $15 on your first month of treatment. Hey everybody, this is Dave Cabin from the RotoViz flagship podcast. Just stopping by to say thank you for listening to RotoViz Radio. We're offering our listeners a special 10% discount when they use the promo code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Again, that's 10% off a one-year subscription when you use the promo code RVRADIO2021. Thanks for listening and keep on tuning in. Yeah, I think I think that's pretty fair, and it is interesting the way you you split it out there. And for the listeners who are listening along, you can see this in the article. But the end split versus out of split with Julio Jones is pretty much gets more touchdowns when Julio Jones is on the the field, gets three less targets per game when Julio Jones is on the field, but is getting that a uh, bump in touchdowns. And then vice versa, when Julio is not there, there's a, a, a kind of deflation of those touchdowns. But in terms of uh, you know over three extra targets per game, and then over thirty extra yards per game so either way balancing out both both ways uh so really interesting to see a split out that way and the stat that you mentioned sean uh pretty insane uh if you think about the the players that he is obviously competing with is every wide receiver uh, in the nfl for basically um the, the last 21 years so pretty pretty incredible numbers there um when we look then obviously hopkins and thomas we've talked about them at length we both like the andre hopkins um obviously just a little bit older would be giving them a little bit of a knock in terms of the dynasty format question marks around the quarterback position as well for michael thomas and the injury from this season so the one thing looking at those kind of picks and you've paired them in with Devontae adams as well 
over the last number of seasons from 2017 we've seen thomas and uh, hopkins stay fairly steady you know inside those top 20 picks we've seen adams take a jump up and then this year we we've seen them kind of fluctuate a little bit and who is at the the peak of that top 20 but when we look at it michael thomas is kind of maintaining that value it might drop off a little bit over the offseason but i think having the uh, injury probably this season has probably helped maintain its value versus the expectation that it was just such a, a down year for him so what's your thoughts on on those guys in terms of how they've shuffled in value do you think their current adps are are pretty fair looking at how the the seasons have have gone in I do. And it is fun to go in there. You can use the the dynasty ADP tool to find out where these guys have gone and start of drafts. If you would simply take whoever the value is over the last three or four seasons, then you would be, that would have been very profitable for you. Of course, there's a hindsight element to that. We don't know that someone who drops down and looks like a value for a certain period of time is going to bounce back. Blair has a really cool wrong read talking about wide receiver bounce backs you know what you're looking for what you're not who you should avoid things like missed games injuries aging inefficiency all kind of red flags for thomas this year those are very specifically red flags for bouncing back so we don't want to go in and say okay well he's just going to be the same guy but thomas was on a historically good pace he was kind of the best receiver in nfl history through the first four years of his career and it's hard to bet against that even if we know that part of it is drew Brees and the new orleans saints offense the question mark of both the injuries and the lack of Brees, i think make his placement here fair and maybe even a little bit risky i'm not as comfortable with this pick as i am with some of the other ones on the other hand the reports that Jameis winston could be the starter i would take those with a little bit of a grain of salt i think that it's probably fairly close to 50 50 one of the things that we've seen in best ball drafts is that as soon as that report came out which is the beat writer saying this is what he thinks should happen uh the, the adp for those guys completely switched you know hill cratering winston screaming up the board you know you might want to take whoever is the value there in terms of your best ball selections but we have a lot of reason to believe that Thomas can be good with either guy. With Winston, I think that it's even more exciting because you can kind of look at it and say, well, you know, is he going to be the same quarterback if the Saints, quote, fix him? You know, we saw what happened when the Lions tried to fix Matthew Stafford. He wasn't the same guy. The offense wasn't as good. He didn't score as many fantasy points. His receivers didn't score as many fantasy points. But with Winston, you can kind of squint and think to yourself, well, remember what happened with mike evans and chris godwin when winston was chucking up the passes maybe we even have thomas you know with another 10 percent over what we've seen in the past this kind of crazy upside scenario is there on the other hand he is in that kind of same situation that we had with calvin ridley where he entered the nfl at a pretty advanced age so even though he hasn't played for as many seasons as some of the guys who are actually a little bit younger than him he's already kind of up in that age where he's you know less than a year younger than Devonte adams and deandre hopkins so you might just prefer to if you're going to go after a star wide receiver who's in not even necessarily in the tail end of the peak right but he's in that area where if you draft him in a startup we talk about all the time you want to be able to draft someone play them for two or three years and get the value out of them and then still trade them at peak value when you're looking at adams when you're looking at hopkins when you're looking at thomas can you play them for a couple of years and then still trade them when they're 30, 31 for as much as you would like to get back? Perhaps, perhaps not. If Julio Jones 
people are, are so connected to the last thing that they have seen and the last thing that we've seen from some of these stars. If Julio Jones comes back from the hamstring injury he had last season and the Falcons go crazy, Julio puts up a couple more huge seasons in his 30s, then it'll be a lot easier to trade guys like Adams and Hopkins and Thomas a couple years from now because people will be looking at those guys and saying, well, they'll do the same thing. And so, you know, if you're buying these players in a startup, you're, you're also sort of rooting for Julio Jones, even if he's not on your team. But those are some of the risk rewards here. I think when you're talking about the third round, and again, it's a third round where quarterbacks have pushed guys down to that because the first round was quarterback heavy. But when you're in the third round, you can take some risk or you can take one guy maybe to be the veteran anchor for your team and then make sure you draft the rest of the guys fairly young. The other thing you can do is you can simply go veteran heavy and say, this is going to be a team where I'm actually going to win the first two or three seasons. And then through the strength of my picks, I'm going to have not early picks in the rookie draft. But one of the things that we've talked about is that those late picks in rookie drafts can actually be pretty valuable. So we don't want to just dismiss out of hand the idea of taking some of these veterans, even though that's not our main tactical approach. Now, Colin, with that in mind, let's jump forward a little bit. We have DJ Moore as the 305, as Sam's pick. I picked TJ Hawkinson at the 306. That's maybe a little bit more of an iffy pick now that the trade is made. Sam gets Chase Claypool at the 307. And then with the 308, I take Travis Kelsey. He's another example of taking one of these veterans early. But with Kelsey, we're looking at someone who in tight end premium formats is a redraft consideration i think as early as number two right once christian mccaffrey is gone then i think you can look at kelsey now you may still prefer cook you may still prefer camara definitely not arguing against that but the fact that kelsey could be a top five pick in redraft tells you maybe we should just go for it in year one what what are your thoughts about going for it in year one with someone like kelsey who is almost like having a full extra starter on your team when you have a tight end scoring this many points well i'm gonna get into the answer and then i'm gonna turn it back <laughs> on you in a second but when it gets into it i think it is that decision a bit like you mentioned with uh, the veteran wide receivers is like do we go for it this year um you know the problem is going to be that if you get kelsey this year and this is probably thinking of it in a more negative light but if you draft him in this startup and then obviously you go into a situation where maybe he picks up an injury in week two week three misses number of games misses the majority of the season you're heading and then to his age 33 season and you're gonna you know have a depreciated asset on your hands whereas if that's a guy like even the likes of tj hawkinson who you mentioned um at that earlier spot um of 306 he even with injuries is still going to have that well he's a young tight end he's emerging he's going to develop and you know we're going to see his career progress to a level of where travis kelsey is at the moment um, and i think that's the biggest risk it's the biggest risk as well when you're taking those veteran uh, running backs because we see their value fall off as well and i don't think kelsey's value will fall off the same way as a running back but when you consider his age and how much older he is than some of these wide receivers that we're drafting like some of them are going to have almost a 10-year age gap between between Kelsey and, and that. And I know we're not looking into 10-year windows when it comes to drafting your dynasty roster, but that's a huge swing. So we're looking at Kelsey. If we get to you know solid production up to age 35, I think we're looking at like 
at a maximum um, and I know we're seeing players play longer I know we just seen Tom Brady win the Super Bowl but I think that like there's a lot of question marks around the, the age that these players can play to in terms of a uh, production in the NFL and particularly when we're looking at a fantasy asset so I would have a little bit of concern at that spot even though we're looking at you know trying to win now you mentioned a moment ago about having that trade value in a year or two years it's going to be very hard to get, you know, a third round value of a startup. Um, so let's just say a, a first round pick um, for a future when you get to, you know, one year, two years down the line with Travis Kelsey. So I think he's a person that you're drafting now and probably uh, having him on that roster until he hangs up his cleats, you know, if we're looking at it that way. The way I'll, I'll let you give your opinion on it as well, Sean, but I was interested when you took Hawkinson at the 306, then at that 308, two spots later, we have Travis Kelsey, then we have Darren Waller, 309, and at 310, we have Mark Andrews. So it's a very, very tight end, heavy run with four picks going in that tight of a range in the, the third round. Do you think, like, you know, we talk a lot about the elite tight end here. Do you think we're, we're clear here that, like, this is the point where you need to be taking that tight end to, to, get, the, to get the value, you know, to have that high-end upside um what's your thoughts on why the the run happened there um at the tight end position well the the run happens in part because i took all of these tight ends and so one of the things that we see from this exercise there's a lot to be gained from it in terms of trying to figure out how you would build multiple teams you do also want to approach it with a little bit of a skeptical eye and say well if sean's not taking all these tight ends do you know do we have the tight end run here but we'll talk about that in the wrap-up of what you're really looking at through these first three rounds in just a second. Colin, I wanted to ask you about Mark Andrews. One of the things that I think is interesting here is that you go into 2020, and he is the young, up-and-coming thing, a lot of buzz, certainly a few skeptics thing, especially in tight end premium. Maybe he's not the guy that you want because he's more of a big play threat at tight end in this Baltimore Ravens offense that just doesn't throw the ball hardly at all. But even with that, even with that very legitimate consideration, someone who was very trendy going into 2020 and then in very many ways had basically the same season in 2020. And now when we're looking at him for 2021, that buzz is no longer there, right? He's falling in these best ball leagues. He's not going to have the same trade value for you in Dynasty to emphasize this a little bit more he drops from 13.9 points per game to 12.2 but his expected points per game stay exactly the same his target share actually ticks up just a little bit he scored 10 touchdowns in 2019 still got seven in 2020 and we talked a lot about lamar jackson and how unless you somehow think that that bad portion was what he is now you know, if, if you're willing to discount the 2019 season, if you're willing to discount the really the last month or so of the 2020 season where he bounced back nicely, then you want to buy, right? It's, it's only if you think that that bad stretch was him. Now, granted, he's going to have some problems throwing and the Ravens are going to be a run heavy team. But unless you think that that one unique stretch for Lamar Jackson represents who he is as an NFL player, then you need to be buying any sorts of discounts that you're getting with him. Mark Andrews follows off of that in the exact same way, where these guys are going to be hitched together. Andrews is going to be the main guy for him in the passing game. To me, 
this suggests this could be your last buying opportunity for, you know, five, six, if he ages like a few of the other elite tight ends, you know, seven, eight years, pulling up the road of his screener. We have a lot of cool articles doing this sort of similarity, using this similarity feature. Often we're looking at rookies and how they're going to perform as second year players, but you can do it for a variety of different types of players. When we do that for Mark Andrews and look at his first three seasons, the names that come up are Jimmy Graham, Antonio Gates, Jason Witten, Chris Cooley, Jordan Reed, Heath Miller. Now, you've got some guys who disappointed like Cooley and Miller or just were or okay, right? You have someone like a Jordan Reed who got hurt and wasn't the same player. But Jimmy Graham and Antonio Gates, they were each the tight end one in year four. So the year immediately following the time period we're looking at. Jason Witten, he had multiple tight end one finishes in his future. Even if we say that Andrews is sort of halfway in between kind of where he is now and what those guys became, again, I think that this suggests that this may be your one buying opportunity. Should owners be buying Andrews or is the fact that the Ravens, it's not just that they're run heavy, they are so far below the entire rest of the NFL. And you say, look, that's not sustainable. They're going to pass a little bit more as Jackson develops. They're going to pass a little bit more as they add some receiving talent, even though their GM insists that, you know, they don't really care about that. But with Lamar Jackson turning a lot of the pass plays into runs with the scrambles, you know, you're, you're still limited in terms of what the best case scenario is for volume here with Andrews though, being the guy who's the 24, 25% target guy for the Ravens, how do you balance those issues and would you be buying the question really for me is like like and you mentioned it here is you know lamar jackson in terms of his accuracy for 2020 if he's gonna be bad andrews is likely gonna be bad if the offense gonna be run heavy it's not gonna be good for andrews there's a lot of things that are pointing us in the this isn't good for mark andrews category but if we look at you know you know, you mentioned the road of a screener and the players that are compared to him. Uh, if we look at what he did over the last two seasons with 17 touchdowns um, and with the target shares, obviously a caveat on the target shares is there's less targets in that offense. So even a high target share probably isn't the equivalent of what it's going to be in another offense with, you know, you could have a lower target share, but a higher volume. But I think all things considered, there's still a huge amount of upside there. I think that the conversation is to be had of Lamar Jackson and his accuracy and how the offense struggled in 2020. There was a huge amount of elements of it that struggled, you know, through kind of that midpoint of the season. And then we've seen things start to pick up as they went on a little bit of a run before the playoffs. So it depends which side of the coin you're on. Is the when they were playing good, is that where we're looking at uh, as what we're seeing in 2021? Or is it where they struggled? Like the team had a lot of different things throughout the season, you know, Jackson was a bit banged up there was a couple of questionable things with schedules and things with COVID and there was a couple of different things like Mark Andrews missed time as well so lots of things to, to go into it from that side but I think that something that's probably working against Mark Andrews is the success that he's had as a young tight end you know I've talked on the show and I know you say having the success early obviously is going to lead to more success in the long run but he has been successful in those early years of his career and the stage now where if he had just had a okay year one an okay year two an okay year three and we thought then oh yeah he's done all this so far in his career here's where the jump is going to happen uh we're going to and, and that would be the trajectory of us pushing him up the rankings whereas we've had him so high that now people are taking him back down the rankings i still think there's a huge amount of upside there i think the group that he's going in in this particular draft i think it's a fair group i think that you know he has now fallen behind darren waller he's f- obviously 
getting closer to Kelsey, but that's more Kelsey coming down a little bit, and Hawkinson probably has jumped him. I, I could like, I, I don't think it's a big stretch to think that Mark Andrews is uh, the number one out of those four guys when it comes to this time next year. So I, I'm still buying, and like you said, if if the leap happens, this is the last chance to jump aboard that uh, that train to, to get him on your roster. Um, I, I think there's still a lot of upside. I was very, very disappointed in how the season went, but there's a lot of players who I'm disappointed in how their season went. Uh, somebody else who's on this list, uh, and DJ Moore, um, who obviously didn't have the season we were hoping for, but the 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 expectation of a you know successful run here in his NFL career is still much there. So I feel I feel kind of similar about uh, Mark Andrews moving forward. Two other players, Sean, to, to wrap things up is Terry McLaurin at three eleven and J.K. Dobbins at three twelve. I've said this many times in the podcast. J.K. Dobbins for me was always a twenty twenty one play, so we're in twenty twenty one now. So I have to say that I'm happy with this pick. Uh, the other one is Terry McLaurin, who's always been somebody I've really liked, and uh, obviously if we could just get a really nice quarterback pick in there in, in Washington uh, to get him the ball, I think we would we'd be looking at a real superstar uh, in terms of his ability. So I really like all the players basically that have gone in this. Uh, in this third round range it's a it's a very nice round i think you can be pretty happy with whoever you pick up but any final thoughts before we wrap up on, on those two guys yeah dobbins here my pick at 312 he was probably the second best talent in last year's running back class behind jonathan taylor cam Akers and deandre swift are definitely going to uh, factor into that discussion they're going to make their own argument he ranked third in terms of total running back rushing fantasy points over expe- expectation as a rookie so as a rookie right he trailed only derrick henry and alvin Kamara. he beat elite backs like nick chubb dalvin cook aaron jones and did it on fewer touches i think when you look about this this is probably still a little bit of an overdraft the next couple of picks within the next three selections we had cam Akers and antonio gibson Akers probably should go right there before dobbins gibson is going to make his argument again in 2021 before the injury we had gibson as someone who could be a potential first round pick in 2021 he's now a great value where he's going in best ball drafts check out our best ball adp to see that blair and i already have him on a couple of teams if you have an interest in where these running backs are going you have a debate that you would like to make or a an argument that you would like to get in here with us uh send us some notes on whether you think dobbins is a remotely defensible pick here or if you think that we should have definitely gone for ezekiel elliott derrick henry taking those veterans who are more sure things for production next season we didn't see those guys go off the board in round three so they remain on the board in round four that i think the controversial uh, development in round three and then colin we need to finish here with this team construction through three rounds dynamic right so quickly team two drafted out of the two spot is kyler murray brandon Ayuk, calvin ridley team four is lamar jackson t higgins michael thomas team six is christian mccaffrey cd lamb tj hawkinson team eight dak prescott stefan diggs travis kelsey team 10 justin herbert justin jefferson mark andrews and team 12 joe burrow jonathan taylor and jk dobbins so Five of the six teams selected a QB foundation piece in round one. The oldest passer from that group is 27. And so those guys score a lot of points, but they're also going to be around for you. You need that longevity as you put together your round one pick. Five of the six teams selected a wide receiver foundation piece 
in round two. Four of those receivers will be entering their second year after putting up historically rare numbers as rookies. And then three of the teams selected tight ends in round three in an attempt to lock down fantasy's most frustrating position. Again, the thing I always like to point out here is that if you have an elite tight end, it's almost like you have an extra starter. So especially in leagues that maybe you don't have a ton of, of starting spots, if you have a league with five, six flexes, then you can overcome the tight end position. It waters it down a little bit. You can beat it with depth. If you don't have that, if you have a little bit thinner starting lineup, you really want to make sure that you get those tight ends in there. And then the things that we're seeing here with running backs with their shorter careers, their high seasonal bust rates, which again, this is a a double problem for fantasy owners, right? It's not just that you lose that upcoming season which the the next season the season you're playing for uh right away is the one that's going to have the most emotional uh, attachment for you it's the one that you can see and feel and it's going to to be you know where people are bragging about whether or not they're the champions of your dynasty league but it's also the one where it's going to determine what those guys values are for the following season so if a guy gets hurt it not only hurts your chances of winning next year's title but it eviscerates their trade values. So you lose twice. And that's why running backs, even though having a good one is important to winning your title, you want to be very aware of price, right? With running backs, it always comes back to price. It doesn't come back to, oh, we hate running backs. You shouldn't have running backs. They're no good. They're no fun. Those things are not true. They're fun. They score points. You need them, but we want to be aware of price. And that's why the exceptions that we've made here are for unique players like Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, the first two guys. And that's why I mentioned that JK Dobbins without those receptions, you know, that's maybe the iffy pick there. Maybe Cam Akers is the guy that you should have. So column through three rounds. That's how I recommend starting your super flex. Make sure you have those foundation pieces. 2021 again is going to be very interesting in terms of quarterbacks you may need to start drafting those second quarterbacks very very early as well and just have that safety in place because if you get locked out on your qb2 that's very very difficult to win regardless of what you do with the rest of your roster yeah and the interesting one is team six with christian mccaffrey yet to have a quarterback so can get very dicey if you're uh you know waiting then to get a qb1 at that qb2 range and then where does your qb2 come from so it's gonna be interesting uh to look through rosters all off season long i always like to look at some of the startups that are going on and seeing how things shake out team two for me uh, is probably the winner and team 10 would be the other one that i'd be diving in towards and that's Kyler Murray, Branton Ayuk, and Calvin Ridley versus Justin Herbert, Justin Jefferson, and Mark Andrews. I think very interesting starts there. Probably the two ways that I would much would more prefer uh, the Team 12, Joe Burrow, Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, looking very young, looking very good. Um, it's just going to be interesting then if you were thinking about where those uh, wide receivers are going to come from. But lots of good players left uh, through those three rounds. Makes it exciting to think about drafting because – it just shows that there is you know some top end exciting talent even through those three rounds and you start getting into round four round five and they're still gonna be there but you obviously get diving into those round 10 11 12 13 see what's left over for you so going to be going to be an interesting off season as we continue to talk through some of these processes as sean and myself have mentioned in the last couple of shows you do have the opportunity to win yourself one of the the road of his rookie draft guides up on the website all you have to do is leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app we'll be picking from one of those over the the next week and we'll be announcing the winner on next week's show as i've mentioned previously uh we do like on thursday show sometimes to drop in some uh you know suggestions from the listeners some topics some 
things that you've uh, watched or reviewed that you'd like to let us know about uh, on today's show we just had so much to go through we, we went straight through it and dived into it but uh, we have enjoyed reading through some of those five star reviews over the last week so if you have any suggestions for upcoming shows send them my way at Overtime Ireland on Twitter or rotavizradio at gmail.com drop us that five star review and uh, another exciting piece of news on Rotoviz Radio this week is uh, Curtis Patrick is uh, has told me behind the scenes he's getting ready to start recording some new Dynasty Command Centre so you don't want to miss those when they come out over over the next week or two weeks i don't want to put too much pressure on curtis but i know they'll be they'll be awesome uh, he's upgraded a lot of his setup so should be should be some great shows coming our way from curtis and the dynasty command center uh, and of course the rookie guide has been a phenomenal success as well so until we're back with another two shows next week of course my name's colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland my co-host as always is sean siegel check out sean's great work up on rotaviz.com and until then have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.